Atheism and naturalism unfalsifiable? Are they faith-based? Let's talk about that. Often in discussions about God, the question of evidences and epistemology come up as foundational issues. The typical online atheist will usually set up their epistemology and standard of evidence such that in order for something to be rationally believed, it must be evidenced. Which sounds great, but by evidence, they don't mean what academics typically mean by it. Rather, by evidence, they mean something like what can be demonstrated empirically or scientifically, which again, sounds great, but what's the problem? They'll claim to be open to evidence, proving that their worldview or disbelief in God are wrong and falsifiable. But is that really the case, given how they set up their epistemology and standards of evidence? Think of <clears throat> the following argument. Number one, to be rational in one's belief in a non-natural entity, one must have evidence. Remember, empirical evidence. Two, we have no evidence, empirical evidence, for anything non-natural. Conclusion, it is not rational to believe in a non-natural entity. Does this follow? Well, the problem is, is that there's an enthymeme for this argument. There's an unstated assumption that goes along with this. And that is premise one point, or really it's probably uh, 2.1, which is gonna be an enthymeme that only natural things provide empirical evidence. So the argument then becomes, to be rational in one's belief in a non-natural entity, one must have empirical evidence. Two, only natural things provide empirical evidence. Three, we have no empirical evidence for anything non-natural. Four, it is not reasonable, therefore, to believe in a non-natural entity. Here, we can see that the argument, once its presuppositions and assumptions are spelled out, is just a clear case of special pleading. It is, in effect, to argue that one is open to the evidence that would falsify their naturalistic worldview, but only if that evidence is evidence that first confirms their naturalistic worldview. Or to put it more starkly, one is open to the evidence that would falsify their naturalistic worldview so long as it is evidence that cannot falsify their naturalistic worldview. Imagine a theist attempted to pull something like that, some, some type of maneuver this way. Let's think of the argument. To be rational in one's belief that only the natural world exists, one must have evidence that one must have evidence, but they define it as divinely inspired evidence. There's an enthymeme. Only non-natural things provide divinely inspired evidence. Three, we have no divinely inspired evidence that only na the natural world exists. Four, it is not reasonable to believe that only the natural world exists. This would be clearly special pleading since it would create a standard of evidence for rational belief such that any evidence that could possibly be permitted would be evidence that could not possibly falsify the worldview. That is, it only allows in evidence as evidence in principle that agrees with their own worldview to begin with. Thus, it could never falsify the worldview. And this isn't the only problem with the typical epistemic and evidentiary standards that we observe from the typical online atheist. 
Another problem is that it seems rather suspect how open and honest atheists actually are when they claim that they would believe based on evidence. Now here, I'm not trying to say they're lying or dishonest. What's suspect is whether or not their standards that they use actually mean, actually mean or entail or make it the case that they're really open to the evidence, not that they're psychologically not open to it. This is precisely because, as they often say themselves, one could always fall back on something like A.C. Grayley's meme about intellectual laziness. They could say something like, quote, Admitting I don't know is the most intellectually virtuous and honest answer, end quote. To see why this meme often comes off as an insulation against falsification, let's think about the following thought experiment. Imagine I ask an atheist what would convince them that God exists, I, that is, that their naturalistic worldview is false. We could give examples, as many have in numerous debates. Uh, I know I have, I know uh, Mike Winger has, I know um, uh, Mike Lacona has, I know uh, Braxton Hunter has. I mean, I can think of uh, on and on and on in, in large debates uh, where this exact thing has happened. But we could give examples, and many have, of the stars rearranging to spell their names in the night sky for the whole world to see. Or, and I think this was Lacona's, uh, the dead coming back to life and telling them information that only someone who died could have known about some private conversation that they had had. Or, how about direct and immediate revelation from God to their minds? Now, no matter what evidence that the theist could hypothetically offer, there would be a major problem for the atheist. Let's stick with the stars rearranging the night sky to say something like, I am God and you should believe in me, Tyler Vela, right? Let's, that, the, all the stars of the galaxy have rearranged and that is the message that appears, that sentence. Well, given naturalism, that should be empirical evidence, right? After all, we're observing the stars, their movement and the message that it contains. The problem is that given the above evidentiary standards, such a movement of the stars would not be sufficient to count as evidence for something non-natural like God. Why? It's, it is because that evidence is really just interpreted data, bits of data that have gone through an interpretive grid and come out the other side being non-theory non neutral. So the stars rearranging is just natural data data. It, ha it isn't counted as evidence yet. You could say God did that as one interpretation of the data, but then that would no longer be evidence, i.e. empirical evidence for the naturalists, because for the same data, one could also give uh, the following possible explanations. They could give examples like a super powerful race of alien pranksters rearrange the stars and into that message. They could say mass hallucinations led us to believe that we saw or are still seeing the message in the stars because we know that nature doesn't do that. So it could be a delusion. It could be mass delusion that led us to believe that the, there's, we saw the message in the stars. It could be mass hypnosis that led us to believe that the stars uh, contain that message. It could be that our minds are just pattern forming machines. And so we just think that's what the stars actually say. Maybe they rearrange by some act of quantum weirdness, but the message is really like seeing uh, Orion in the stars or a dragon in the clouds. Our minds are just pattern forming machines. And even though it looks like that sentence is contained in it, it's not. The stars just rearrange by quantum weirdness and we're seeing that pattern. 
Or they could give uh, the, the A.C. Grayley answer and say, I don't know what caused it. But science has never shown God as the cause of any natural event, and so we should not assume some invisible sky daddy did it. But rather, we should just wait and allow science to potentially discover the natural cause. In any of those cases, the naturalist would say that each of those natural explanations are intrinsically more plausible and probable than God did it. Right? They could follow Hume or Loftus in his new book on miracles, where any natural explanation is simply more plausible than any supernatural one. Therefore, given the epistemic commitments and evidentiary standards of evidence espoused by the online atheist, there is, in principle, no amount, of no amount or kind of evidence that could ever falsify their naturalistic worldview. Now, let's, for charity, imagine that there's an atheist who wants to just bite the bullet and say that something as grand as the stars rearranging to give such an observable message really would count as evidence against God. Maybe they cannot say why it meets that threshold, but they just think it would be absurd to not believe in God after that. Maybe evidence is something like the problem of a heap, right? The problem of a heap is, when does a heap start? Is it three marbles? Is it four marbles? Is it 10 marbles? Is it 20 marbles? We don't really know, but typically we know a heap when we see one. Right? So, so maybe to move out of the realm of empirical evidence to non-empirical but compelling evidence, it may be by degrees that we don't know where the threshold is, but we know it when we see it, and something on that scale of the stars rearranging to form that sentence would surely qualify. Well, I would appreciate that honesty of that person, but they would need to realize that this causes other problems for them that undermines the standards of empirical evidence that they've already established under their worldview. For example, Roger Penrose, and confirmed by Lee Smolin, figured the odds of an entire galaxy spontaneously reorganizing itself just in an instant to be something in the ballpark of 1 times 10 to the power of 115. Now, we must ask the atheist, why would they think that in that case of the stars rearranging to form a message that God was, that, 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 to form that message, why is it that God was not only a possible explanation, but the best explanation? Why, what is the, why is it that that threshold, the, the, the galaxy could do it spontaneously at the odds of 1 times 10 to the power of 115, which, I mean, that's just an astronomically large, large number, uh, by the way. I guess we should say astronomically small number. Um, why is it that God, though, would be a better explanation than simple quantum weirdness, simple rearrangement at that small odds. Is it because it is a hyper improbable event such that we shouldn't expect a natural cause and can infer the intentionality of a mind behind it? Well, how is that different than saying God is the best explanation for the fine tuning of the universe when the odds of all the initial conditions and forces and numerical ratios to be what they are for life is astronomically, almost incalculably, more improbable than that ratio that Penrose and Smolin found out for the galaxy rearranging in an instant, right? Some of the, the conditions, some of the initial conditions have their own, uh, their own improbability of something like 1 times 10 to the power of 123 to the power of 120, right? I mean, the, 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 the odds are so infinitesimally small even when compared to the odds of the, the galaxy just rearranging on its own in an instant. 
So why is it that the stars rearranging to form a sentence, which have, let's just call the, the, the improbability this big, points to God, but something on a much larger scale with an improbability with my hands outside of where the camera can even see it, isn't evidence for God. You see, the pro there's a consistency problem there. And what is it that tells us the message in the star that reads, I am God and you should believe in me, Tyler Vela, that tells us that it was in fact an intentionally conveyed and de uh, designed message that contains actual conveyed information. It's hard to make that case for the atheist who wants to say that this would be evidence for intentional design by a mind, but to do so without appeal to some kind of concept analogous to the notion of specified complexity of information used by intelligent design theorists about the information contained in, the, in, in, in genetic coding, in the DNA. If they allow that the concept, they, they allow that concept in, in, to say that I am God and you should believe in me, Tyler Bella, is complex enough and, and, and information rich enough that, is that it infers intentionally designed by a mind, then they can no longer protest in principle to the standard, that same standard being used to argue God is the best explanation for abiogenesis and the complexity of genetic information, which is also drastically more improbable than the rearranging of the galaxy for a short sentence that reads, I am God, you should believe me, Tyler Vela. Take that small sentence and compare it to all of the data contained in the Library of Congress. If that one short sentence conveys enough specified complexity information to convey an intentional designed message, then surely all of the books and information in the Library of Congress does that even more in spades. So then what recourse does the atheist have to be consistent? Well, they really, all they can do is then just go backwards and bite the bullet and beg the question discussed earlier that any possible natural, natural explanation is inherently more plausible than any supernatural or non-natural one and abandon their concession that the stars and the galaxy rearranging would in fact be evidence. Or they should bite the bullet in the other direction and say, yes, then things like fine tuning, specified complexity, and all these other different types of arguments are evidence for the existence of God. Yet, in, in, in the case where they don't admit that those are, uh, are evidence for the existence of God and they go back and they say, okay, well, all these natural explanations, these ad hoc natural explanations are just intrinsically more probable, then they're just accepting a kind of employment of a naturalism of the gaps and fallacious question begging reasoning as the most reasonable, which is just obviously absurd. It would build their entire epistemology around demonstrably fallacious thinking. All right. Thank you so much for joining. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, commendations, or condemnations, please uh, feel free to put the comments below. Uh, you can always uh, subscribe and share. We would love to get this content out uh, to more people. Uh, you can join uh, the Freed Thinker group page on Facebook or come on by the blog at freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you again for joining us. Good night and God bless.